Welcome to show 129, Herb Lab, Seven Song and Herbal First Aid. Today's show is brought to you by Candace Hunter Creations. Candace Hunter Creations is a family-centered herbal practice connecting people with plants to create health and wellness. Check it out at CandaceHunter.com. Hunter Creation, graphic design and website design, marketing, guys that make your marketing dreams come true with printed print materials and website materials. You can visit them at HunterCreation.com. Ace High Heat Graphics, custom printed shirts, hoodies, hats, you name it, they can put a logo on it for you. I find them at AceHighHeatGraphics.com. And Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free street reach herbal integrated health clinic. We are located in Eugene, Oregon. You can find us at occupy-medical.org and we are a 501c3 organization. The Journal of Functional Herbalism. The Journal of Functional Herbalism is publication of the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine. Um, That's the school with Thomas Easley. And I got to say, I love this journal. I was uh, paging through, I was looking at The Taste of Tea by Keith Robertson in there. It was great. It's a really well-written article. (laughs) There's a lot of well-written articles and I'm liking, I'm excited about this journal. So you guys, we should all check it out. Yes. Great. And you, Sue, you're going to be coming up to an event uh, in May. Yes, I am. I'm going to be at the Traditional Roots Institute's conference in Portland. It's May 18th through 20th. And uh, the enrollment is still open right now because we're pretty early on. There'll be a whole bunch of different folks that when you look at the list of speakers, you're going to see a lot of familiar names. So please join me there. Great. All right. Um, The last big sponsor that we need to talk about is, can you name it? Herbal Nerd Nerd Society. Society. Right. We have 50 members now, I think. Which is really good. Mm-hmm. It's an elite mm-hmm. core. Elite it people is. that get special articles, yes. special podcasts, archive podcasts, and anything new that we can think about. In fact, I think we talked about, and maybe you've done this already, Sue, is a special Facebook group for Herbal Nerd members. Yeah, yeah. yeah I look forward to that one. Then people can be special together. Well, it's a chance for <laughs> – it's really a chance, though, for, for uh, a discussion to happen between them – the members and you guys. Well, right. I mean, the, I've seen the old-fashioned way of doing things is to have forums, right? right. Yeah. And forums are always these private groups through usually through your website. The new fancy fangled way, which I think is actually a really good one, is to use the Facebook group that way. Mm-hmm. So the Herbal Nerd Society Facebook group is a private group for Herbal Nerd Society members only, and it's essentially like a forum, an right. opportunity for folks to get together, talk about things. Get conversations going, ask questions. And people that are specifically interested in more advanced herbalism. Yes. That's the other nice thing. I have had several social media conversations with a diverse group of people and some of the people's recommendations that led me to believe that this was their first foray into herbal medicine. Yes. So it's nice to have a little more advanced folks together and then we can spend a little more time with them and answer more than just a paragraph. Well, and it's wonderful to see that even the folks who are the beginners, you know, who are joining, who've joined the Herbal Nerd Society, and maybe they're kind of beginner, but they're getting the opportunity to talk with more advanced people mm-hmm. and people who have been practicing at various levels. Right. And we're talking about things, hopefully, more in depth. Yes. So I'm excited in March to see, as we're seeing how this is launching. I'm excited yeah, to see that. Yeah, I know. I'm going to learn new stuff, too. Great. Herbal Nerd. And now, on with the show. 
I'm Candace Hunter. Wait, 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 wait. What? Did I say my thing? Oh, sorry. Did oh. I do my thing? You didn't do did your I thing. Did I say my thing? It's the only thing I'm really here to do is right. that. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my thing. So you ready? Thing. Right, here we go. Okay. So now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Susie Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Susie Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. So what'd you guys do for, for your first aid herb lab seven song? Oh my god. Lab? Okay, I gotta go first because I actually had to use first aid. It sucked. But not on people. Uh-huh. Well, I used first aid on people and on other people, non-human people. Non-human people? <laughs> non-human ducks are people, people too. Ducks are people too. Up with ducks. You know, it, we ended up having one of our ducks, Pippa. She's the loudmouth. That's why she's called Pippa because mm-hmm. she pips a lot. Mm-hmm. She got sick and we didn't know what was going on. She was standing. She was hunched. She was not really eating much. Annie let me know that she wasn't eating and she was concerned about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first day was a really busy day. So I just kind of ignored it. And I thought, well, maybe she'll be fine the next day. Mm-hmm. Clearly, she was not getting better. So we, we brought her in. We were concerned. And it was unclear what was really going on. The only thing that we guessed was that Patrick did some research. Yeah, not a lot of research on ducks yeah oh really i mean yeah. everything is chicken mm-hmm. based there's very yes. few articles on on uh troubleshooting issues that you might have with the duck hmm. yeah and i think partly too because ducks are pretty hardy right i mean they're yeah they don't they don't really call for a lot of action and mm-hmm. they're also not the popular one right. chickens are the popular one in our country mm-hmm. right so ducks yeah so in this case um i had to kind of interpret some of the things that symptoms i was seeing in pippa would be what the chicken would have, and yeah, I looked at similar respiratory yeah. system. Et I picked up my the chicken health book by Gail Damerel and started thumbing through that, and wasn't finding anything that was helping. So he got on and started doing some internet searching, found mm. some forums, right? Forums, <laughs> forums. Um, yeah. And and what we kind of surmised is that she probably had a blockage in her crop. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it was, but it was something because ducks eat everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they voracious. Do. They eat. Everything. Yeah, they're so, kind of worse than chickens that way. Yeah, they mm. they eat yeah, everything. So and they kind of gobble. They gobble yeah, a lot more. It's like than, fast. Yeah. And so it's possible mm. there's something on there. So that's what we thought. So you reached down their throat okay. and you no, pulled out. That was, that that's was, the that's the God. We hope we don't have to go that far. <laughs> so, and that, and that, you gave her epicac. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. I mean, the there's the gentle method. Mm-hmm. Which is, and Ken, you can talk about it because you did it. So yeah, I got to do this because as I was, we were trying to troubleshoot this. The first night we brought her in, she didn't get better. So the second night was when we we're like, okay, we got to take this to the next level. She's not going to live much longer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was when we did our research and Patrick gave me, he's like, okay, try this with her. And then he left for a trip. Mm-hmm. And I was alone, home oh, alone trying to no. minister. And I get very, very, when it's my own, I get like, oh, it's hard for me to act properly. But I, 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 I did. I got strong for good, Pippa. Good. Yep. <laughs> so so I, I gave her some water with some um, olive oil in it. First, I, <laughs> my son said it looked a little bit like I might be somewhat waterboarding the duck. <laughs> Ah, okay. It sounds horrible, right? Right. I filled up a quart, wide mouth quart jar. She's a runner duck. So she's got the long body with the really long neck, almost goose-like, but, you know, more uh-huh. delicate. So filled up my quart jar with just plain water and I got her to stick her head in there until I got all the mud off of her bill because she was pretty muddy. Uh-huh. 
And so after I got that cleaned up, then I freshened it with fresh, you know, stuff and I added some olive oil to it. And this was the part that Patrick had looked up and this is what they said to do was put a thing of water with some olive oil in it and then get her to drink it. And you're thinking, how are you going to get a duck? You can lead a duck to water, but can you, you make, make it drink? You can. Surprisingly, all you do is get them to stick their head in there and it's just like they can't seem to help themselves. They just mm. drink. So she flipped her head around. She so no drank drinking some. problem with the duck. Her entire head was like, it looked like an oil spill, but all all olive oil spill oh. across her head. It was, she was covered in it. Tying Exxon. And I, and I wondered, I was like, did, did any of that actually go into you, honey? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the next step to it was to massage her crop down to help uh-huh. encourage anything that might be stuck go. So I did that for several minutes and then I just set her in a crate that we had, we had like a Rubbermaid container, plastic mm-hmm, container sure. with hay and stuff. So it was comfortable. And I put a towel over the top so that there was less distraction because, uh-huh. you know, for her, that would be more like being in a cave in a safer space. Mm-hmm. So I, I did that and kind of kept checking in on her. And after a few minutes, she seemed to perk up and she actually ate some pellets and then she went and drank. I put that water, that same jug of water with the olive oil in there with her so that mm-hmm. it wouldn't spill, but so that she could you know, and so she went and she drank some more and we kept her in overnight. And I think we got her past the worst of it because she seemed to be, she's been eating a little bit more. It was scary though, because when I picked her up the very first time, I could feel her breastbone. Mm, and she's that thin. She was that oh, thin no. and we're in the middle of winter. Right. And so it was all through this cold snap that we've been mm. having. She so ordered a pizza. I did. No, yeah. no. <laughs> so I brought her in and I, I decided that we would just keep bringing her in. And then I set her back out by day only if she was looking better. So like the next morning after the crop thing, she actually looked considerably better. Wow, she, okay. she had a little more fight. She actually hissed at me. Oh, so that's a good sign. That means she was kind of pissed. Right. Because you know, the, the day before I did the crop thing, when I went to like take her out for the day. She didn't hiss. She didn't complain. She didn't struggle much. Or she's turning into a were duck. That's just not normal for Pippa. She's no. like, even if she was a were duck, she'd be one of the like kind that like squirrels around and like moves. I mean, she's always been like, she was the one she's I've got. Active. I've got a set of three scratches. I can still see on my wrist where Pippa scratched me. Mm-hmm. She's the only, everybody else is like really calm. And then this there's were duck thing is, I think it's a sound oh. cons- sound theory so yeah we we got her back outside okay and got her brought brought her in each night i gave her hydrotherapy you you so so ducks and water there's this there's this phrase about water in a duck's back i don't yeah. know if you've heard and it does actually bead up into so right I, up. I brought her up for hydrotherapy i filled the bathtub with water uh-huh. i poured some um horsetail vinegar in there because i figured a little bit of vinegar would be good for her right okay and I figured horsetail has some good minerals and stuff. Uh-huh. I was going to give her wormwood vinegar, but I couldn't find it. So I must have used it up. Probably. So I figured, well, okay, horsetail then. It's not as sure. anti-parasitic, but you know, because mm-hmm. I don't know what's wrong with her. So I put that in there with her. She was so happy to just be in there. She mm-hmm. like flapped. She was preening. It just gave her joy. Nice. So I left her in the bathtub for a couple of hours. My son was a little bit shocked when he walked into the bathroom to use it. We only have one bathroom in our house, right? Right. And there's a duck in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and not the rubber kind. Yeah, not, not the, the rubber, rubber kind. kind. He's like, wow. Mom. 
like, it's okay. She's taking her hydrotherapy. Just let uh-huh. her be. Oh my so. gosh. <laughs> All right. So yeah, after that and, you know, the help with the, and I gave her, um, I f- gave her fire cider in her drinking water oh. each night. Did she like it? She did. And actually Whoa. that's, I use fire cider for vin- whenever I put vinegar in, like in the cold and, you know, when you, when you add a little vinegar right. for the chickens and the ducks, yeah. everybody outside, they get a little, instead of plain cider vinegar, I use fire cider. Okay. Because- you know. Smart, sure. Yeah, so I figure that's not going to hurt them. It'll help them fire up too. So. Mm-hmm. so that was what I used with her, and then I also used a tiny amount of borage and thyme tinctures hmm. in the in the, not in the hydrotherapy. No, no. the The fire cider, the borage, and the thyme tinctures were in the drinking glass in that quart jar that I stuck oh, in okay. after the waterboarding after, episode. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So I, I continued that each day, but without the olive oil after the first day. Okay. So when it looked like we really got whatever it was moving and she started to eat again, then I was mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll do that. Mm. So on, so that was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I'm like four days for after the fourth day, she's finally Today, she filled her crop like I could see she ate a lot. Great. Which is good to see. It's a relief. She has risen. Yeah. So I think she'll be okay, although the flock is still keeping an eye on her. Mm -hmm. Annie's kind of like she really hovers near Pippa and she's Mm -hmm. extra protective. Mm -hmm. At one point when I went out to bring Pippa in, Annie thought perhaps she was going to like do the broken wing thing. Pippa did the broken wing thing you know, where they pretend their wings are broken to try and get you to go the other way. Oh. And they flap on the ground like they're, you know, oh, I'm hurt. Oh. It's uh-huh. also like the mom, mom hens will use that as a distraction to get you away from the nest. Uh-huh. So Annie went over a few feet from her and started doing that. And I think she was trying to get me to go to her. Oh, and I was like, no, I'm picking Pippa up. Right. Nice <laughs> so, try. Yeah. Good try. Yeah. Good try. So she seems like she's on the road to recovery. That was my first major herbal first aid. The second one was I got a cold, which sucked. So you waterboarded with thyme and borash for yourself. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I did neti pot and I did not include the thyme and okay, borage yeah. in the neti oh, pot. Thyme and oh, neti pot, that would burn. That would burn. I added glycerin to help because my sinuses, even just like every time I do neti pot, it burns mm-hmm. and it burns sometimes bad enough that it's like, I want to scream, but sometimes not as bad. And it doesn't seem to matter. The more adding more salt helps a lot. Mm-hmm. You're just making but, a stronger saline solution. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, but my sinuses are just, I think they're a little bit odd. So they have a tendency to be extra sensitive, Oh, you know, and I have, it runs in my family to have some sinus issues. Mm-hmm. So I added glycerin and it worked really well. I was surprised how... Like how much glycerin? Did you put a mill in or um, like ratio-wise? It would be about a teaspoon of glycerin for two cups of warm water and a two teaspoons, two slightly keeping teaspoons of sea salt. Hmm. Interesting. And then you stuck it up your nose. Yep. I stirred it up real good. And I poured it through my nose. Nice. <laughs> so, the other side. I just poured through my nose. So, yes, I did that at the very beginning of the cold to help chase the cruddiness out and get the germs out. And it seemed to help actually quite a bit. Nice. That's I good. still got the cold, which sucked. Mm-hmm. But I, and I used other herbals, you know, through the duration of the cold and stuff. Right. Um, but 
but it wasn't that bad. I mean, uh, that I think that helped. And then I took extra um, vitamins, mm-hmm. like extra fruits and vegetables, essentially. Good. So I really like boosted my photo phytonutrients and flavonoids and all of that big nice. time. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I know the nose makes extra mucus in order to mm-hmm. block those the viruses and bacteria that are transported um, through the respiratory system. That's yeah. one of their jobs. But it also, you get some older mucus in there, then it, gets it becomes stuck. a, yeah, it gets, yeah, it can become a problem in and of itself, which is why yeah. you notice, like it'll drip down your throat and then yes. you cough it up and you'll have yellow or green or white, which is why the doctor always asks, well, what color is your sputum? Yes. Yeah. And for this cold that I got, it was one of those old fashioned dry, scratchy ones. So the mucus is just super watery Mm -hmm. without any color Mm -hmm. and with like almost no texture to it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's it's like new. Yeah. And it's, and it's, um, everything is dry and scratchy. I mean, even my skin on my hands, it's like, it's drying my whole body out. Mm. So even my hands are like drier than they normally would be. Mm -hmm. Interesting. well, no, it also helps to throw some more B vitamins your way, particularly B6 during yep, those yep. times. Yeah, in the, the capsules I take, there's I know there's a lot of B vitamins Great. in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. So, yeah. Good for you. So, that was yeah. my exciting first aid. Yeah. yeah. Which is not really relating to what you and Seven Song do. Oh, right. Yeah, because <laughs> Seven Song and I both have clinics. His is yes. uh, a little fancier than mine. Because um, we work out of a nothing can be fancier than the bus. Come on, the bus is pretty fancy. The bus it is, is pretty, pretty fancy pants. That's it's pretty, pretty fancy pants. Ends. But yeah. yeah, we do. In fact, we are under a bridge. I mean, he started in, in a tent. Dirt. So you're not suggesting you're trolls, are you? I am not suggesting we aren't either way. We okay. could be troll. There could be trolls among us. You go both ways. That's right. We're very flexible. There's some trolls it's on the bus. It's healthcare for all, including trolls. <laughs> yes. And the billy goats. And the billy goats. Yeah. Billy Goat's Gruff. So we have the, we have the, um, for people that don't know about us, we just have a, a bus, an old school bird, school bird, bluebird school bus that we have retrofitted into a portable clinic. And we have a garage style tent that we have wound care and doctor uh, in. And then we have another smaller tent for intake. Um, it helps guard the records and the uh, couple of tables up to where we feed people and we'll get anywhere between 100 to 200 visitors coming just for the food and the hygiene supplies. And then it, on an average, I think it's been about 40 folks that come for the medical. Ten and an hour, I think, right? Because it's like a four-hour deal, right? It's a four-hour clinic, yeah. So that's six yeah. minutes a person. It's, it's moving some people. Yeah, yeah. And some people go through a lot faster than right, others, right. for sure. Um, some people are just going to see the nurse. Right. Um, if you want to see the, if you want to see either the nurse or the herbalist, then you need to see a doctor first. But if you've been there repeatedly, you don't need to keep getting rediagnosed for the same thing. Right. So yeah, yeah. But it's you've a, had some pretty incredible successes too. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like the hepatitis fella. Oh yep, that yeah. was. I was pretty. I was yeah. pretty impressed. With you don't that. have to die from hepatitis. No, no. no. And pri- <laughs> his primary, his primary care in his case, that particular case was herbal. Yeah, it was. It was us. The he had come to Oregon to die on the back porch of uh, his ex girlfriend, and that mm-hmm. was where he had found. And he was um, turning a coppery color. His eyes were orange, and of course, he was peeing brown. Yeah. So his liver was breaking down and he so was all bad signs, all bad signs. And then of course the chronic pain and et cetera. Um, but yeah, you're just adding the dandelion and milk thistle to the medication that 
the doctor prescribed and you know he got to he's now he thought that he was just going to die within a few months and he's still kicking around he got to see his grandchild born and he's got his own business and he's got a place and yeah you help pull him back from the brink and yeah and he's flown yeah yeah and there's a ton of people like that they just i think that um you know Seven Song was talking about how he's got his little kit of things that he brings with him. Yeah. And I call my little kit, it's actually called a car. (laughs) You've seen my car, just full of stuff all the time. I always have just a basic first aid kit that has the gauze and tape and stuff like that. And I have taken first aid multiple times and I do have my uh, uh, basic life-saving support for healthcare professionals card current and i recommend people do that you should know how to save a life it's very helpful but i also have just like my little herbal kit as well and there's a list on our website that has uh the first aid herbal first aid is there for the herbal nerd society mm-hmm. yeah. yeah these are the things that i should know but i do not you should know. yeah well you Maybe know you should now. become a member of the society you should become yes i'm kind of a default herbal. member yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're yeah. the it guy yeah. Oh, there's... wait. Yeah, you made one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I, I remember did. that yeah. picture. Yeah. So I remember the picture yeah. of the words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but um, one of them, of course, is um, lavender and then tea tree oil and, you know, some basic things like that. I always like to have chamomile for, yeah. you know, when people get uh, an eye infection, it works really, really well. I love well. chamomile for so many things. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. fabulous. And just, you know, if you're making a tea of chamomile, of course, that's the traditional use, but I use it so so much more often a chamomile tea bag for eyes just mm-hmm. warm it up and yeah. then when it starts getting that little bit of yellow in the cup then you take it out and you put it on someone's eye and there you go pink yeah. eye goodbye yep yeah it's really it's well. i include that in my antimicrobial blend my you know basic formula for antimicrobial anti like fungal yeah you know just the that's when you make your formula that's one of my starting blocks it's, yeah you know, i think chamomile is badly used I think we just we just have this idea that sleepy time. Yeah, I know it's not. It's so much better. Than yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So, although I do include it in my sleepy blend too, mm-hmm. with some sedatives. Yeah, because nobody can sleep well with an upset tummy. No, no, <laughs> it, works really well. for, it works really well for me. So, yeah, and it's a nice combination with um, things like catnip as well, mm-hmm. and, and passion yeah. flower. Those are all really great um, herbals to put together. But for, I think the um, piece that we that we worked with this week particularly and working with unhoused folks, you see a lot of foot problems and a lot of hand problems. Mm -hmm. It's really wet out here and people don't have a chance to dry their hands. So they just stay wet. So we had a number of people, their hands were swollen to be about twice Mm -hmm. the size that they should have. They weren't able to put their fingers together because the tissues were so swollen and they were pink. They're all pink and 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 the skin was cracking and it so was very painful. So you use chamomile painful. for that? Well, we put <laughs> no, we um, put them in a did a hand soak that um, it had, of course, magnesium in it, the um, Epsom salts, and then it had birch and. Nice. Um, did you get some of the like drying mugwort. Huh? Yeah, I was going to say, did you get some of the drying Mediterraneans maybe in there or mugwort? Uh, mugwort is a really great antifungal that's in there. And then usnea as an antibiotic and can- calendula. Mm. So it's a Makes basic blend that yeah. uh, herbalist Patty Leahy has devised. And we use that for them. And just giving them some extra uh, warming herbs internally mm-hmm. 
was very helpful. And a lot of, we did a lot, a lot, a lot of respiratory stuff. So I had made ahead of time a mullen, um, mullen based syrup for respiratory infections and Boy, that just flew off the shelves. So do you guys use Lobelia like uh, Seven Song does? Because that was one of the ones that you remember he mentioned last yeah. week that he uses. He like one of his basics that he carries everywhere for um, asthmas and bronchial things. Right, as an anti. Yeah. I just use it as an antispasmodic. Yeah, that's 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 my and I use it drop dosage. Yeah, yeah. You know, it works really well. Yeah, you have to be careful if you have too much of that one, you'll be throwing up. Right. You know, which isn't super fun. Not so fun. Right. Especially, can you imagine throwing up in the middle of an asthma attack? That would suck. No, no, that would choke and possibly (laughs) die. That wouldn't be good. Um, Yeah, I I don't use that as often as he does. It's mostly in like a non smoking mix that we have with licorice and a couple of other items. Um, But boy, the biggest thing in the weather that we're facing right now is just every respiratory. That's been yeah. the big deal is dealing with respiratory stuff. And you would think we'd be throwing echinacea out at people left and right, but it's been elderberry, yeah. you know, just pre- prevention. Um, I have also as an option for helping people with a flu, um, andrographis, which oh, is an nice. herb I'm not as familiar with. Like That I, is one of Thomas Easley's big ones. He really likes that one. And I've been meaning to get some and give it a try, uh-huh. but I haven't worked with it yet. Well, it take, I looked at the studies and it takes a lot of time off of the flu onset. Yeah. So for, of course, we're also passing out flu vaccines, but for people that, you know, they're unhoused and they haven't had the flu vaccine and they're suffering from the flu, there isn't a safe place to recover from that. Right. So we need to take that <laughs> off, reduce or the time in, as yeah, much as possible, or it'll turn into pneumonia or a bronchial condition yeah. for them, and, right. and it's life endangering. Yeah. So it's and once they've already got the flu, then you have to wait for them to recover before you give them to give them a flu vaccine. Right. So it's really nice to have that option. And andrographics. I've never. I've only had the capsules. Hmm, so I've, I've I've never made a tincture out of it. I've never really worked with it, but I do know that. Working just with the capsules, which is an easy thing for a variety of people to in yeah. America, particularly to use, then we've seen great success with it. So I'm always very pleased about that. Yeah. It makes a big difference. So, yep. But it's wonderful to have these herbs available to us. And it was nice hearing what um, Seven Song was using in his clinic. It, it mm-hmm. does really vary from place to place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And of course, just what you have. Right. For us, it's whatever we get donated. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool listening to how his clinic got started, you know, and in some ways it, he shared some, some commonality with the way you guys got started. Mm -hmm. I mean, he and a group of other herbalists showed up to this meeting and started talking about how we should have a free clinic. Right. And then it just sort of formed. And in their case, it became a bricks and mortar style clinic. Mm-hmm. With, I believe, they've got some um, a variety of practitioners. So it's not just herbalists. There's other as well. I don't think, if I remember right, he didn't say that there was – did he say there was a doctor? Like a, uh, a traditional medicine, yeah, allopathic style? Yeah, and they all – they don't work the same way we do. Like we integrate. Yeah, you guys and- flow from one practitioner to the yeah. next. 
And the client or patient, depending on who they're talking to, has the option to say, yes, I do want to talk to you, herbalist, or no, I don't want herbs. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do want doctor or nurse help. No, I don't. Or I want to talk to you, but I don't want the prescription. Right. Or I want the prescription and I don't want to talk to you, but I have to. Right. Yeah. I mean, we all work under the doctor's license, but yeah, for them, they just, the person chooses which modality they're going to use. Right. And they work independently, which is just a mind blowing experience for me. I can't imagine rubbing shoulders with all of those people and not, maybe I'm just a communist. I can't, you know, (laughs) come on guys. What sounded like from when he was talking about it, sounded like they do get together and talk about cases and things Mm -hmm. like that. So they, they, you know, they work together, but But in terms of, yeah, but in a different way. Yeah. Like, in regular clinics now we go and I can go in and I can talk to the nurse practitioner and never talk to the doctor or talk Mm -hmm. to the doctor who specializes in women's health, but not any of the other doctors or talk to the pediatrician and they're all under the same roof. Uh Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like what he, what their clinic is, is a little bit more that style of model, but Mm -hmm. but yeah, Yeah. you guys started off what standing under a tent. Yes. Yeah. We had a tarp. In the rain. Yep. In the rain. (laughs) Yeah. We have helped people under the mantle of an umbrella. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, And didn't you say that when you got started, it was like you, just one other doctor, and then like a whole bunch of people that were about like 10 or 20 years younger than the two of Uh you. Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like you guys and a lot of kids. Yeah. Who weren't really kids. They They were, they were younger than, than us. Definitely. Actually one of the people who was our initial volunteer way back in October of 2011 showed up again with her two kids. All right. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And she was a, she was a teen way back then. It's crazy. So yeah, it was nice to see her. Hunter Creation is a full-service graphic design studio. They offer design for print, like business cards, brochures, and large-format banners. They also offer design for web, specializing in self-hosted WordPress sites, e-commerce, and single-splash pages. To top it all off, they can get just about anything printed for you at amazing prices, whether or not they do the design work. Visit their site at huntercreation.com for more information. Candace, you, you found a couple articles? Well, yes, Patrick. Yes, I did. Oh, so why don't you tell us what there they're about? There are two controversial herbs I wanted to bring together today mm. through these. Controversy incredible. on the Practical Herbalist, Real Herbalism Radio site? Weird. <laughs> I figured this might light your fire. Okay. <laughs> so the first one was a Time article. This is the most recent of the two. It is on Kratom. It's a Time article by Jamie... Ducharami, published on February 20th, 2018, and it is entitled, Kratom is linked to a salmonella outbreak across 20 states, CDC says. Mm -hmm. And the second article is a Newsweek article by Melina Delkik. I hope I pronounced her name right. It was published on February 14th, Valentine's Day, Aww. and it is why Jeff it's entitled Why Jeff Sessions is being sued by a combat veteran over medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, the first one when I initially saw that one about the supplements and I, the I just I read really like with the kratom, and I was like, oh, "Okay, well, um for I do not know how Kratom or Kratom or however you pronounce it comes into the country. So if it had salmonella, maybe, I mean, I don't know how it's regulated. That could be. And then actually reading it, they said they had 28 people that got salmonella 
Yes. And they, uh, was it the uh, CDC, interviewed 11 of the 28 yes. and eight of the 11 said that they had used Kratom. So the CDC said, clearly, that means the Kratom is probably the culprit. Now, yeah, my thought- math may be a little off here, <clears throat> yeah. but that's basically saying eight out of the 28 used this thing, this item, Kratom, in, in common to draw the conclusion that all 28 are- it, it made no <laughs> sense to me. I was like, aren't you people supposed to be scientific in your approach to disease? Mm-hmm. I, I thought that's what the Center for Disease Control was about. But to me, it doesn't seem like saying that even eight out of 11 people, they the eight said they used Kratom. All 11 had a scientifically verified similar strain, but three of them didn't use Kratom. So did they pull the strain of salmonella these other people had out of the ether? How did they How get did that? How did they get that? Did that they also all have ketchup? Did they within all the next five days? I yeah. mean, you know, so that, that, yeah, come on, that, guys. That angered me because, you know, I mean, if you do the statistics on that, was that like maybe 25% of them did not have Kratom and the CDC is saying, well, that means, of course, they all must be, Kratom must be the problem. Right. Like, well, no, because 25% of your people didn't have any Kratom at all. Mm-hmm. So that can't be the culprit. Right. And they haven't even interviewed all the other people. And they haven't interviewed everybody else. So to release this, well, it's probably this particular thing. And I I didn't see anywhere in there saying it's this this strain. It just said Kratom in general. Well, that comes from so many different sources. They would never do that when we had the lettuce problem. Exactly. They didn't say, well, just lettuce. Don't eat lettuce. They never did that. They said this particular farm, everybody had this in common. That's that's exactly the thing that bothered me too is like, when spinach was found to have salmonella, mm-hmm. and it was from a specific farm and whatnot, right? They didn't say, "Oh my God, the whole nation should stop eating all spinach, right, of any sort, yeah, because it's dangerous." They just said, "Oh, if you have this lot from this farm, right. then like you any know, other recall, right? Exactly." So, and the CDC apparently has probably narrowed the kratom source to one specific. I Maybe saw I saw I saw that potentially in one of the other articles that I've I read when I was looking for a good article to use as mm-hmm. covering this, um, but even that is we're not entirely sure that if all those people had kratom that it all came from that one source. Mm-hmm. The, the CDC's response is, oh, well, we see there's a slim chance that salmonella may have been a part of the factor on possibly on this Kratom. Mm-hmm. So nobody in the country should have Kratom. This doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It's, it's illogical. And I understand that they're trying, if, if this is the case, that they're, the best case scenario is they're trying to be safe. But at this particular juncture to say, you know, the math is off and to say it's probably just this one thing. Could we have a couple of other ideas too? It, I mean, it made me angry because if they really are trying to be safe and they just did something that that's blatantly, obviously not founded in scientific thinking, what they've actually done is caused me to question their credibility. Right. Which means now my nation doesn't have a center for disease control that I can trust. Right. Because I can't trust that kind of reactionary ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. So who's the authority in my country that I can trust 
that actually knows about disease right. and will apply the scientific and rational thinking that we need in the case of any kind of outbreak. Mm-hmm. For food. Yeah. And we have uh, recalls all the time. Yeah, There's like a recall every recalls. single day. So to, that there would be a, a recall on and something contaminated is not a giant shock. It's just no. the way this particular one is conducted, it seems like it's an emotional approach to their campaign against this particular herb. And once more, we're talking about an herb that can help people with this opioid epidemic. Which is why I brought up that second Newsweek article. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so the opioid epidemic has been killing people every single day. Mm-hmm. And we have facts about that, but it seems like the CDC doesn't doesn't necessarily want to do anything but, um, number one, penalize doctors, and two, point to everything other than the prescriptions that are like fentanyl that are actually killing people. Yeah, exactly. So two things to really think about there, two statistics that I really thought – it's like, okay, so they're making such a big deal over Kratom. And there have and now this is the FDA saying, that's not the CDC, but the FDA says 44 deaths since um, 2011. None of them having to do with this current group. Right. No, and no, no one, one died the from the salmonella. Yeah, but no but they're saying – so, so this goes to your larger point of this campaign by the federal government to vilify this potent herb. And so I thought to myself, well – they have no problem continuing prescribing opioids. Big Pharma can continue to do that, and it's they're not stopping it. They're making right. it a little more difficult, but they're not stopping it. And I thought, well, if this must be – they must be – you know, the deaths must be, you know, somewhat similar to, to Kratom. You know, 44, it must be 50 or 60. No, no. In 2015, more people died from opioid addiction, overdoses, than the entire Vietnam War. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. So, it's a huge number. And those things this, aren't I, illegal. This, uh, yeah. So this idea that you have this one uh, uh, herbal medicine that they're saying is linked to 44 people in what, six years. And we've looked at those that study that they and at least put out and it's are shaky. Highly yeah. questionable. Yeah. The, yeah. Some people that were A on fentanyl right. as well as Kratom. So exactly. It's, so yeah. it's a shaky 44. <laughs> so there, it's just this another way. Again, I, and I, and I, and I'm, I'm not the conspiracy guy, but the first flags are going off is big pharma does not want this in the country at all. No. And they're pushing CDC, they're pushing the FDA and they're doing what they do in their back channel negotiations to get that drug off the market because that's only going to affect their bottom line. Yeah. Which is, again, that's why I brought up the Newsweek article on Jeff Sessions being sued by the combat veteran and the 12 year old girl with epilepsy mm-hmm. and a group, it's a small group of other plaintiffs who are suing over medical marijuana and the the like the super super condensed version of that lawsuit is that they're saying that our federal government scheduled marijuana as if i remember correctly it's called class uh, it's schedule, schedule 1, one. one. Mm-hmm. put into the schedule 1 category which means there's absolutely no evidence that it has any positive effect in a medical sense. Right. Which is completely <laughs> inaccurate. Right. It, that's If it's, that was true, then we wouldn't have Marinol for it, cancel yeah, patients. And it, it's, it's inaccurate, <laughs> not just on a worldwide scale, uh-huh. but within our own scientific community. Right. It is also completely inaccurate. Mm-hmm. So 
it does have medical value. Yeah. The and we're learning all question. the time now that yeah. it's more legal. We're, we are getting more research on it all the time. So what, how do you use plants? Well, you get research on it and then you apply it and yes. then you share that information. And then there's a lot of myths about cannabis, which I have groaned about over and over again. It's not, I don't believe in a panacea. Right. I'm, that's right. not part of my own particular religion. So right plant, right place, right, right person. That's, but we've got – But we don't have we that have right evidence. now. We have clear scientifically proven evidence as well as empirical evidence that goes back centuries. But honestly, the scientifically proven evidence that should stand up in a court of law clearly states that medical marijuana does have medical value. Mm -hmm. Marijuana, cannabis has medical value. Yeah. Yet our government put it into Schedule 1 and the – what the core of the lawsuit is is saying that you inappropriately scheduled that and it is actually infringing on our constitutional rights. That that's this is really an unconstitutional thing. Yeah. And that honestly schedule one schedule one for anything might be unconstitutional. Right. And here is Jeff Sessions throwing his emotional bias. This is the guy who said, good people don't smoke marijuana. That's wrong. It just, it's, it's, like, it's you, insane. You, an, an elected official should not be saying those things because that's super judgmental against their own constituents. And it's just it, – it, is he in the 50s? You know, where where are we here? This Have is you ridiculous. heard him speak? Well, okay. Yeah. All right. There's He's, that. He just seems like – I mean – if I'm judging just based on this alone, I would say he's probably an uneducated individual because he clearly hasn't looked at the science. Right. I mean – Well, he's just used to blatantly staying he stuff. It. He doubts – he's willing to look at it, but his skepticism pretty much – he's saying right here that he, he doesn't see that there will be any anything that will prove his point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His statement here is the DEA – his being Jeff Sessions, the DEA said that a huge percentage of the heroin of the heroin addiction starts with prescriptions. That may be an exaggerated number. They had it as high as eighty percent. Sessions said, "We think that this is starting with marijuana and other drugs too." Okay, Sessions, you think who's we? Not the DEA, because the DEA gave a specific amount of people that are having problems with. Heroin addiction, and it started with a prescription medication, which has nothing to do with cannabis. Well, not just say. I'm I mean, just going to say that. Right, right. There. right. Well, the, well, the, the, the guy that the guy that is leading this lawsuit, he could get all the opioids, opi opioids in the world that he wanted because legally. he's part of the VA. Because yeah. he's part of the VA, mm -hmm. but it was his quality of life, yeah. his inability to be the person that he should be, mm -hmm. his healing wasn't. Wasn't being a, well, yeah, you know, and it's and making his nightmares of, worse. Yeah, right. and some of those medicines that were that were, he was trying, they were trying to give him, actually like endangered him, him and his family. I mean, it, oh, it's yeah. scary how badly that went for him. Yeah, and he spent more than a decade trying to use those conventional mes medicines, and then. I don't know the details because I just honestly don't remember. But for whatever reason, he tried cannabis. He found someone, someone suggested it to him, whatever. He tried it and it worked. Mm -hmm. And now he can live a functioning life. The man can finally sleep for eight hours without having night terrors. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I've had night terrors. They have nothing to do with PTSD. They're horrible. It's been a very long time. I was a small child. But they are horrible. I cannot imagine trying to live as an adult and having to deal with that. On top of all the other stuff that's going I mean, on with him. So yeah. the, the, common, the common thread here really is, again, it's, it's the federal government, Jeff Sessions, 
to some extent, the executive branch, are all moving to this idea of vilifying very potent herbal medicine for whatever economic reasons that they can think of. Not mm-hmm. not based on fact, not mm-hmm. based on science, not but to based on our country or outdated our opinions that no longer serve the public. Right. Yeah. This that and to me the the thing that links these two is that marijuana has already been there and Kratom is right now they're trying to replace put it into marijuana's old shoes and turn it into this terrible demon, which it is not. Mm-hmm. And it's it's frightening to me. It's mm-hmm. frustrating to me. It makes me very angry to watch yet another herbal medicine that has the potential to do amazing good in our country and for a certain number of people be destroyed and taken away from us. Right. And and we're what's replacing it? Right. Things that do harm to us, things that are so costly that a large percentage of the population just can't afford it. Yeah. And the way that it's we not, have it already is somebody gets onto Vicodin, like they broke their arm, for an example, yeah. and the pain is horrific. And so they get Vicodin and then they come back and say, I'm, I'm, I'm still healing and it still hurts. So I, I need to have more Vicodin. The doctor, because of the restrictions on the doctor, as a result of this opioid crisis, says, okay, I have to mark you as drug seeking. You don't get Vicodin. Now you're going to spend the next week trying to get off of Vicodin. And this is why, and that's really, it's horrible. I've walked people through this before. I have stayed up all night walking people people through that. And it's it's god awful. They're covered in sweat. They're seeing things that aren't there. It's just nasty. And this is why people go to heroin. Yeah. Because that's hardcore. People, I, I can tell you, people aren't smoking pot and then going to heroin. Yeah. You know, that's nonsense. Well, and one of the things that I find a little bit frustrating and and infuriating about it is that even simple things that you can buy over the counter without a prescription, without even age restrictions like Tylenol, have caused more deaths than what Kratom allegedly has caused, if it even caused them. Mm -hmm. There's more, more deaths linked and liver damage and serious damage linked directly to misuse of Tylenol, just regular over-the-counter. And let's not even talk about our semi-prohibited substances like tobacco and alcohol, right? which have loads more problems, and we're just fine with all of those things being legal. Mm-hmm. And sold in the grocery store and, or 7-Eleven yeah, exactly. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I think that we shouldn't be able to buy Tylenol, alcohol, and tobacco. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... Why on earth would you put Kratom in a category as more dangerous than these substances we can buy every day mm-hmm. without it, – it just – it's unfathomable to me. It makes me angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so to keep the heat on um, the FDA and the DEA, the American Kratom – AmericanKratom.org, uh, it's a website for the American Kratom Association, has a uh, call to action page which uh, lists uh, many different uh, links – to uh, representatives, uh, the, D- the director of the DEA, uh, the CDC, a bunch of other lists here, plus letters um, that you can, they're kind of form letters, but you can fill out to talk about your experiences. Mm-hmm. But it's a really great place to do that. There's also a Trump petition, petition on the site. There's also a donate button. So if you are a person that uses Kratom because it helps you 
do certain things. I know Christina Sanchez says she is able to get out of bed in the morning sometimes because of the pain that she, you know, mm-hmm. she's able to subside with, with for Tom. Or she, you know somebody or, or you know a loved somebody one. That mm-hmm. needs it or uses it and uh, is, is benefited from it. Yeah. By all means, the only way that we're going to keep this herb available uh, is by putting the pressure on these people. Taking action. Yeah. Taking action. Yeah. So if that's uh, so, your interest level, we'll have the link in the show notes for folks. Right. Uh, I just say if you like say if it's something you're um, passionate about, that's the place that you can go. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? That yeah, we, we also uh, have. I'll put some links in the show notes uh, about other information we have about Croton. We've done a, a podcast on it yeah, in the past, podcast. and we also do have for people that are interested in medical cannabis we do have a ebook about it right so you can check that out and there are some there'll be some links about cannabis on our website as well that you can check through just look at that little microscope or not a microscope the magnifying glass (laughs) there you go to search out what you want to find we've got a lot over 600 different articles on different herbal products and we hope that you enjoy practical herbalist website so with that what are we gonna do Put an herb on it. Put an herb on it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.